You're listening to the Homegrown Faith Podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend, Richard Sweatman, about God, the Bible, and life lived growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast is coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks, Richard. It's a windy morning, but I'm doing well. Yeah, fantastic. My laundry is out on the line and getting dry. Probably a whole lot of wattle flowers as well. (laughs) I will have to pick off later. (laughs) These are the challenges of living in uh, a a lovely uh, bushy area. Yes, that's right. Mm. Mm. Complaints, complaints. That's all you hear from me. (laughs) What have you been up to lately? Oh, well, today I've been thinking about um, that it's time to plant these native grasses seedlings that I've planted. Uh, people might have heard I was on church I mentioned that interested in native grasses I can't remember the reason to be honest but I have planted these seeds and into the little seedling things and I I think it's time to put them in the ground Um, how exciting partly yeah partly they are getting bigger partly I'm a little bored and I kind of want to move on to the next thing (laughs) new hobby time so get rid of the old hobby first, get it off your chest and then move on. Is that kind of it? It could work like that. I don't know. I'll see if the mood takes me for replanting afterwards. (laughs) Uh, But I've got these plants. I've forgotten what kind of grasses they are, unfortunately. I had labelled them, but the labels have come off. So some of these are barbed wire grass or wallaby grass or tussock tussock grass. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'll have to see if if they grow, if I can figure out what they are. Um, wow. some of them are in those, have you seen those cardboard pots that you can just put the whole thing in the ground and the cardboard oh. will sort of disintegrate? I have. I've always wondered if they work. Yeah. They're like a nice idea, but are they going to be good? Like, are they going to work is well, the question I always yeah, ask. Yeah, well, I can't answer that question. but uh, <laughs> Time will tell. Yeah, I'm pleased that I can drop those in. That's really good. But now I realise I'm quite stressed about the plastic seedlings, so the seedlings in the plastic um, containers. Because uh, I think, oh no, I've got to kind of lever them out, and and they're not as f- full on with the roots as the stuff you get from the nursery. Mm. So, uh, it's are good. they ready? Is the question. Well, yeah, they might not be, but I'm ready. <laughs> and so, I think what I'm going to do is is risk it with some of them, and you know, they're always hearing about the fragile root structure, blah blah blah, and <laughs> <laughs> blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some of these little guys are not going to make it, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to risk it with some of them. I think get them in the yeah. soil. It's a who dares wins approach. And I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> I will let you know in maybe you know another eight weeks or something how these Excellent. things have gone. Oh. So yeah, that's coming up probably this weekend. Wow, that sounds good. Well, my thing I've been mm. um, getting into is also related to the home, but it's a bit different. So during lockdown. The, the height of lockdown, I was watching this YouTube channel and I've gotten mm-hmm. totally sucked in by it. It's called Ooh. Never Too Small. Okay. And it's basically about micro or small apartment living. Now, oh, apparently yeah. there are classifications for micro apartments and small apartments and according to square meterage. Um, but it's an Australian YouTube channel and I always feel mm-hmm. good about watching Australian things. Yeah. And they visit different apartments and they show how they've been renovated and they have the architect and they have this kind of edgy beginning and titles. And every time um, it shows this, this, you could live in a, in a small micro apartment and it's sustainable. And so I've almost been tempted to have a little ding 
Bell every time I hear the word sustainable because people are really keen on that word in this, ah, this yeah. video. Yeah. But also the other word that makes me laugh is generous. Ah, so right. <laughs> they might be talking about a two square meter space and they're like, it's a generous living area. And you're like, oh, it's not <laughs> generous. <laughs> that would be very small. Oh, anyway, wow. yeah, it was fun to watch and I enjoyed particularly thinking how would they be feeling right now when the only time they can leave home <laughs> is to go for a walk or to go to get food? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's when micro apartment living might not be so fun. <laughs> oh, I know. I can totally understand. I've watched a little bit of the tiny houses thing, which is in the US. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I, yeah. And whenever I go to IKEA, which is not that often, fortunately, you know how you do to go to walk through the, go through the journey? Yes. And, uh, I kind of I love the look of these really compact IKEA everything organized homes and yes. just think wow look it's so neat and there's so little to look after so but, minimalist so minimalist um, but I I think you're right I think in reality I I wouldn't do that well <laughs> my diagnostic is you know that moment where you've wrapped your Christmas presents and you have the big roll of wrapping paper left over yeah where does that wrapping paper go that's my question really? with, with wrapping, all these houses. Did any, because, do they have wrapping paper in the drawers? Have well, yeah, them? because I've never seen where they've been able to store. Or, you know, you get a gift bag and you think, well, I'll use that gift bag to give a gift to someone else. Mm. But where do you store that gift bag? Because you're not going to buy a new gift bag but or you're not going to buy extra wrapping paper by chucking out yeah. the old wrapping paper. Maybe yeah. these people are so sustainable they don't wrap their gifts. They, they just use, maybe put a jaunty bow or something. Maybe they use cloth. <laughs> And then the cloth is re-wrapped. I think cloth wrapping is a thing. Oh, is it? <laughs> so have, you, have you changed anything about your – you live in an apartment, Joe. Have you changed anything about your apartment living? As- oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go there one day and see a, a table that folds up into the wall or something like that. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, what about you in the Bible, Richard? What have you been reading? Yeah, in the Bible. I think I mentioned last week um, Proverbs. I'm getting into mm. Proverbs. Um, and uh, the Proverbs is something I aim to read every year. And uh, one of my friends asked me, well, why is that? And um, I just, the answer is, Joe, is that mm. I don't feel very wise. Hmm. That's the end. And, and you know that Proverbs is going to get towards helping with that. wisdom. Yep. And so... That's that means it's an every year book for me, and that's uh, good. I like that. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's working, but I feel like I'm probably you know it's not doing any harm. And I think yeah, maybe over time I am growing in wisdom thanks to proverbs. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I just generally read a chapter and think about oh, what proverb has struck me out of those twenty thirty proverbs that I've hit, hmm. Uh, hmm. and it's usually a different one each time I read through, you know, because we're in a different place in life or we're dealing with different things. So uh, I'm up to chapter 14 and uh, the verse that caught my attention in verse 16, I'll read from the, my, I'm reading through the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB at the moment, and I'm, I'm liking the language here. And so Proverbs 14, 16 says, a wise person is cautious and turns from evil, but a fool is easily angered and is careless. Mm. and uh you know here i am i'm trying to figure out what wisdom is looking like and very clear cautious and turning from evil and easily angered 
I think within that verse, the thing that caught me, got my attention, was being easily angered. Mm. And uh, I think that uh, particularly in the last two months, I've drifted towards being easily angered. Mm. And uh, I thought that was a very helpful mark of foolishness, being easily angered. Mm. Uh, the NIV has hot-headed, which mm. I think is is quite um, a visceral word. You know, mm. you, you do get steamed up. And so, yeah, that's that's a very good proverb. Yeah. Now, I see, hot-headed might not have caught my attention because I don't see myself as a hot-headed person. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. But easily angered, yeah, maybe that's, that's the case. Mm. And so, um, yeah, I was just challenged here to think, uh, yeah, to, to think, am I easily angered? Why, yeah, I would be better off not being easily angered and, uh, yeah, being more cautious. Mm. So... Uh, Hmm. Did I ever tell you about what Kelly Landrigan um, used to say about the Proverbs? Oh, I love I hearing Kelly's wisdom. Kelly <sighs> was Joe's former, was MTS trainer and yes. my colleague, yes. now serving in as a missionary. Yes. And she, we read Proverbs together during my MTS traineeship. Yeah, and she said, to approach a proverb is to approach a hard-boiled lolly. Mm. You know, those stripy ones that you get, you don't really buy much anymore, mm. but you put it in your mouth and you would never chew through it. Mm. You just let it sit in your mouth and roll around, let the flavour roll around in your mouth mm. and just sit on it for a while. Don't rush yeah. it. Don't chew through it. Um, just let it let it come over time. And mm. so whenever I think of Proverbs, I think, oh, don't chew through this. Like <laughs> pick one and then just reflect and think and yeah. don't rush. Yeah. And what a great really image. Yeah. 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 She's Fantastic. a wise woman. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's my Bible reading. And Joe, what about you? What's uh, what are you reading or thinking about at the moment? Well, I've been reading "Married for God" with a friend of mine mm-hmm. who I'm mentoring. So it's "Married for God" by Christopher Ash. Mm-hmm. It's very achievable book to read. Yeah. It's a, essentially a a distillation, a summary of his bigger work, um, Marriage, Sex and the Service of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christopher Ash, you know, what he puts out, I just gobble up. It's yeah. it's great stuff. He's a yeah. British guy who's um, alive now and, and serving the Lord over in the UK, which I'm thankful for. Mm. And Marriage for God, the, the subline subtitle is ma- Making Your Marriage the Best It Can Be. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because that can feel a bit repellent to me because I'm not married. And so I... I've always found that title a little bit repellent. But um, this woman and I have been reading through the book and we're up to the second last chapter. The book is designed around chapters and the chapters can be things like um, what's the point of sex and intimacy, what's the point of having children, Mm -hmm. God's pattern for the marriage relationship, what's the point of the marriage institution. Mm -hmm. It's really good. It's simple read and what one thing I particularly love about it is it starts with a chapter about acknowledging baggage, acknowledging past sin mm. that that we all are, are marred by sin, yeah. and that that's and celebrating grace. So it's a great book for anyone to open. I think it uh, yeah. because marriage has so much context to it, whether it's sexual sin or or past wrongs done against one or family history. I, I think it's a great a great start. And oh yeah. Um, That's so yeah. helpful when a when a book like just acknowledges where the readers are at and mm. uh, you're not feeling like, oh I, 
you know, if a book doesn't do that, you can feel like, oh, no, this is for people who've got their lives all together and sorted. Mm. Uh, mm. This is, I'm, I'm an outsider here. But Yes, yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Bring you in. And, and I think you can hear the pastor's heart in how he's writing. This is obviously a book to be read by a Christian mm. who just wants to love God more, trust in Jesus, and, and think about marriage. Yeah. And he's wanting to pastor and encourage, and I love that, that yeah. kind of book. Anyway, his big motto is um, that the whole business of marriage, this is a quote from page 33, the whole business of marriage in all its fullness is to be lived in the loving, joyful service of God as we look outwards from our marriages and as couples seek to care for God's world together. Mm. And, And then he acknowledges immediately afterwards, Unmarried people are also called to rejoice in God and serve Him in this world. Yeah, but there are particular and distinctive ways in which married people can do this, yeah. and and He's just drawing marriage into service of God, and that it's a loving and joyful thing. And I, I I think His big principle is really good, and He acknowledges all the way through that it's not perfect. Yeah. Now. Um. But yeah, it's really really great. And for for me personally, the most recent reading I've read it before. Um. But the most recent reading has really got me thinking about um, there's a chapter on singleness, and which I love. So I think any person who's unmarried could read this book, whether yeah. you're dating or, or not dating, it doesn't matter, um, young and single or um, older and single. But there's a page around 134. It talks about the anxiety in marriage that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 7. Yeah. And it's just this really great exploration for me. I found it really helpful to think through the nature of marriage being your your interests and your worries um, are spread out in terms of and oriented really particularly towards a spouse if you're married mm, yeah. um, and, and deepened in that way. Yeah. Um, but that, that, that also is the appropriate thing, that division of devotion mm. that it talks about. And I think for me, I, I really appreciated that chapter again because I can find myself being quite selfish in my life. And it was just a challenge to think, oh, there's a real benefit to uh, marriage in that you are interested in the, the needs of another person and you're having to really consider them as you serve God and, mm. and choosing to do that in other ways in my singleness. So mm. I, I found it encouraging. Yeah. yeah. Have you read it, Richard? I'm assuming you yeah. have. Uh, mm. I have. I read. Um, I think I might have skimmed that book. I read the the longer one, like yeah, yeah ten years ago. Mm. Uh, mm. I remember it was really helpful. Like the things you said, but you said there's this perception that marriage is like two people just sort of staring at each other in this closed circle, like. That. <laughs> but which probably might what how I'd been thinking. You know, two people deeply in love. It's all about them. Blah mm. blah blah. And then. But he's saying, yeah, biblically, it's much more outward-looking. A married mm. couple is more, I mean, sure, they stare into each other's eyes, literally, metaphorically, but mm. it's more about side by side, shoulder to shoulder, lo- looking outward um, mm. in service to God. And so, mm. yeah, that was uh, very helpful. And um, mm. so, uh, yeah, I would certainly recommend those two books or anything by Christopher mm. Ash, loving it. Yeah. Well, we talked about Zeal Without Burnout last week, which is mm. on my yearly read, maybe <laughs> even twice yearly read rotation at the moment. So, Yes, I've adopted that as well. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm glad we, we both enjoy his writing. I think we'll have to um, – I think he's got another new book out. Um, uh, 
I can't even remember what it's about, but I remember thinking, oh, another new book. Mm, I okay. will have to chase that down. Yeah, look forward to that in a future podcast. Mm, mm. All righty. Well, we better keep going. Yeah, let's wrap it up and mm. uh, look forward to chatting next week. Sounds good. See you, brother. Bye. 